Uh, a man named Christian Herter uh, was the he was the governor of Massachusetts, one of them, uh, clear back in the 1950s. And Governor Herter used to tell the following story on himself. He said it was during the heat of his campaign to try and win a second term as governor of Massachusetts, uh, that he had a, a really big day, he had a really early morning that turned into a very long day of campaigning. And late in that afternoon, he uh, was to make an appearance at a, a church cookout for a big church uh, with lots of voters. So he was there, and he hadn't eaten anything all day by the time he got there. He felt like he was starving. And so he went straight to the, the line they were serving and he, the, little, the line where you have your plate, you know, and they put the beans on and they put this on and, they, and he was going down the line and he got to the place where the, the church lady was handing out pieces of chicken. And because he was so hungry, he said, excuse me, do you think you could sneak me an extra piece of chicken? And she said, no, I'm sorry. I was told to give one piece of chicken to each person. And he was, by all accounts, a pretty humble and unassuming guy, but he thought, this is one time I'm gonna throw some weight around. And he said to her, do you know who I am? I'm the governor of this state. And he says, she said, do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of this chicken. Move along. And that was it. Sometimes it's difficult to be under authority. Sometimes it's difficult to recognize that you are under authority or to recognize the authority over you as being an authority that is over you. But God made, designed this place to work best where we're under all kinds of authority. We are under the authority uh, of the government, which is what we'll spend most of our time talking about. But this stuff is all applicable in our, in our families, in our jobs, we're under authority, most of us, um, in our schools, on our teams, in our um, just organizations that we're involved in. We're under authority of various kinds all over the place. Well, I do this every week, but I think it's especially important this morning to remind you where we're at in the book of Romans where we pick up this topic. Because this can just seem like a topic that comes out of nowhere as you read through this section in, in the book of Romans. Starting in Romans 12, 1, Paul has started to teach us what it will look like if we are living the, a good Christian life. Romans 12, 1 through 15, 13 is all about like practical Christian living. What it looks like to use Paul's terminology, to be a living sacrifice, to take this life that God saved at the cross and give it back to him as a sacrifice, that, um, alive, holy, which just means set apart, pleasing to him. And so now I no longer make my decisions in this life based on questions like, will anybody know? Or can I get away with this? Or what, you can't tell me there's anything really wrong with this. I make my decisions as that living sacrifice as what would seem best to God. 
That's what we're still in the middle of. Everything we've studied since Romans 12.1 is about that, including this one. When I, when you, when we are, are being that living sacrifice, giving our life back to God, we will be submissive to the authorities God has allowed to be over us. It's just as much a part of being a living sacrifice as any of the rest of this stuff. Now, I'll say from the beginning, there are a few exceptions of when we are to submit to our governing authorities. Paul's not going to deal with exceptions. Paul's not going to deal with every example, every loophole. Paul just wants to let us know what the general, normal Christian life would look like, which is submission to governing authorities. At the very end, we'll talk a little bit about some seeming alleged exceptions. But we'll get to that at the end. For now, let's read this little passage. We're at the beginning of Romans chapter 13. We're going to read the first seven verses in the New American Standard Bible. They read this way. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those authorities which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation. I would prefer the word judgment in that translation, but judgment upon themselves. Verse 3. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the authority. Verse 4. For it, this is government authority, is a minister or a servant of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for the authority does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister or a servant of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil or who does wrong. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this, you also are to pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom uh, honor. Okay, this is one of those passages that is, you, you do not have this hanging up on a plaque in your living room, Right? Right? Pray always and be subject to the governing authorities. You don't have this in your house. I realize that. But it's in here. So we're going to deal with it. The main idea of this passage is really easy to pick out. It's right at the beginning. And he repeats it multiple times. It goes like this. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Paul uses some, for him, unusual wording here. And I think intentional and important when he says, let every person, literally the Greek says, let every soul 
Everybody, everybody. This is one of the places where I won't say Paul is talking to unbelievers and believers, but he's certainly talking about like everybody, everybody. Christians, non-Christians, believers, unbelievers. Everybody is supposed to be subject to the governing authorities. God made the world operate best when everybody recognizes the same authority and obeys. Our problem is we don't do this so good. Neither does anybody else. We have some very old problems. Um, are you familiar with the book of Judges? You ever read the book of Judges? Kind of a weird book with a lot of weird stories. It's an Old Testament book. Um, very ancient. You know what the problem in Israel was during the time of the Judges? In that book, it says it twice. One of them is the very last verse of the book. It just leaves this problem hanging there. It goes like this in Judges 21, 25. We read this. In those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. You see why that's a problem? A society isn't going to get along very good if nobody knows who is in charge and everyone just does what they think is right because we all have different ideas about what's right and what's wrong and what's allowable and what's permissible. So Israel had a need of a good king. And we need to recognize authority and do what it says is okay. Having a nation where nobody knows who's in charge and everybody has their own ideas about what we ought to be doing leads to all kinds of problems. Government is very necessary. Uh, James Madison, the guy that wrote most of our Constitution, he wrote this. This is in Federalist Paper number 41. If men were angels, no government would be necessary. Guess what? Men aren't angels. We're idiots. So government is necessary. Because we'll just all do what we think we ought to be able to get away with. And if everybody's doing that, we have the same problem we had in the book of Judges. This is a very old problem. James Madison was still talking about it in the colonial era. It's still a problem today. Paul wrote about it in Romans. The book of Judges a few thousand years before that. A couple thousand years. Here's kind of a synopsis of our old problem. Everyone, I think for the most part, understands we need government. But most people tend to think we need government to keep that other guy in line. Right? I mean, yes, we need government because of those people. And our government ought to be keeping those people from acting like those people. I don't really need any governing. So the government needs to leave me alone. Right? Does that sound familiar? I mean, I'm not pointing fingers. That's what, that's what it feels like. But you know the, the problem with that? Whoever we think of as those people are doing the exact same thing to us people. They're saying, why does the government care about what we do and what we use and all these things? They should be changing those folks their ideas and their minds. 
As a, a society can't operate well when everyone thinks they are the one the government should leave alone. This passage reminds me of when I was teaching high school. A lot, because it's government. But um, every year, I would have certain classes that were overly talkative, we'll say. And I like talkative. Talkative's not a problem. But I had overly talkative classes. And what I mean by that is, that there were classes that even when I would say something like, hey, it's too loud in here. We need to, we need to keep it down. They would pause for like two seconds and go right back to being just as loud as they were a second ago. And I learned I had to have conversations like this. Say, hey, uh, when I say the class is too loud and when the talking needs to come down, I want you to imagine I'm talking to you as an actual person individually. I mean you. Like this was surprisingly effective because we tend to think, well, my talking is not a problem because I'm not all that loud, right? And we don't, we don't understand this, but we, what, we're, what we're saying is if everyone else would shut up and leave me alone, Mr. Maxwell wouldn't be mad, right? So everyone else is the problem, not me. But the problem is, if 20 kids talk at that volume, it's just way too loud. So all of you have to shut your cake holes, respectfully speaking, right? And that would make a lot of sense. Listen, that's government. We all think, I'm not the problem, so I, that I should, you shouldn't be telling me what to do. The bad guys out there are the ones you should be telling what to do. And they are thinking the same thing. Because we're all doing what we think is right in our own eyes. So when Paul says, every person, every soul, be subject to the governing authorities. This is Paul's way of saying, I'm talking to you. I'm ta he's talking to me. So that's the main idea of the passage. Everything else, pretty much, is a reason why we should want to do this. Because it's not fun. It doesn't come natural. So every person be subject to the governing authorities. Why, Paul? He says, I'll tell you. Here's four reasons why we should be subject to the governing authorities. Reason number one, because government gets its power from God. Government is from God. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Why? Four, because there is no authority except by God's appointment. And the authorities that exist have been instituted by God. So that when we obey the government, ultimately we are obeying God. That's how this works. But wait a minute, even the bad governments, Pastor Matt, are instituted by God? Yes. Always keep in mind when, when you read of somebody like Paul talking about obeying the government or being submissive to the government, I should say, Nero was the emperor in Rome. Uh, not a great guy, that Nero. And Paul says, he got his authority from God. Another good example, we can do this throughout all the rulers in the Bible and world history, but when Jesus was on trial, 
uh, in the Gospel of John. Uh, who, who was the name of that guy from the Roman governor of Judea? His name was what? Was Jesus on trial in front of? Do you remember? This is, this, this is how I see if you're paying attention. Pilate. Remember Pilate? He didn't fly things. That was just his name. Pontius Pilate really wanted to let Jesus go. And he said in this conversation with Jesus, like, don't, don't you understand what they're saying? You've got to help me, help you. I have the authority, Pilate said, to either crucify you or let you go. Remember what Jesus said to Pilate? He said, you would have no authority unless it was given to you from above by my father. Even Pilate had his authority from God, and he ordered Jesus executed. So yeah, even the bad ones. So why should we be submissive to government? Because government's from God. Reason number two, why should we be submissive to government? Well, here's a really practical one, because we'll avoid a lot of trouble. We'll avoid unnecessary consequences in our lives. Verses two and three, Paul says this. So the person who resists authority from the government really is ultimately resisting God. That's what he just said. And if you do, those who resist will incur judgment in general. Verse 3, for rulers cause no fear for good conduct, but for bad. Do you want to be, uh, do you desire not to fear authority? Then do good and you will receive commendation. Okay, so Paul says when we resist governing authority, we're ultimately resisting God. And then Paul says, and when you do that, if you do that crime, you're much more likely to pay the penalty, right? And God is perfectly fine with that arrangement. We are really good at being disobedient and then thinking we're being persecuted for our faith or something. Usually, we're being prosecuted for breaking the law. Paul says earlier, he said, if at all possible, be at peace with all men. Then he goes right into this. Be submissive to your governing authorities. You'll save yourself a lot of heartache. (laughs) That's pretty practical. He says at the end, do you want to not fear authority? Then do good stuff. Like in general, governments like people who do good stuff. In general, I know there are exceptions. I know there have been Christians who have been uh, who have been persecuted merely for being Christians. I know it. I get it. But praise God, that's really not us. We have to work pretty hard to convince ourselves we're being persecuted for being Christians. There's a question in this uh, that that good Bible scholars disagree on. So Paul says, those who resist incur judgment. Whose judgment is Paul talking about? Is this judgment from God? Or is this judgment from governing authorities? I tend toward that one, toward the latter, governing authorities. I think Paul is saying, if you disobey the governing authorities, you're much more likely to get in trouble. But ultimately, that comes from God, too. I'm fine with people who think, no, this is ultimately God's judgment. Judgment and condemnation are not the same thing. There are consequences for sin, even as forgiven people. Do you agree with that? Sin still has consequences, even though hell will never be one of my consequences. What's the best way to avoid 
the consequences that come with sin. Avoid that sin and you won't have to worry about the consequences, right? In this case, the sin is disobeying our authorities. Paul's basically saying, you, you want to avoid the consequences that come from disobeying the authorities? Don't disobey the authorities. You don't have to worry about the consequences. It's simple. And it's also the biblical standard. It's what, again, that living sacrifice life looks like. All right, that's reason number two. Why should we be submissive to government? Avoid unnecessary consequences. Reason number three, why should we be submissive to the government? It is, one of, it is God's gift to humankind. Don't be mad at me. I didn't say it. Paul did. Okay? Government is a gift from God to humankind. This is verse four. Four, here's another reason. Because it, government, is God's servant for your good. If you do wrong, be in fear, for it does not bear the sword in vain. It is God's servant. Government is God's servant to administer retribution on the wrongdoer. Three times in this passage, Paul says, government is God's servant. Twice are in this verse, right here. Um, Government is God's servant for our good. I know we are not huge fans of government out here. I get it. Believe me, I get it. But having government is good. It just is. Imagine anarchy for a while, and it'll make you pretty happy to have government. Imagine if there were no rules. People could do whatever they were strong enough to get away with. Uh, that would get really scary really quickly. Having government is good. In this case, even bad government, like Paul was under, is better than no government. And for us, folks, having our government that we have is really, really good. I know our government is imperfect, but if you want to compare our government to all of the governments in the history of the world, we complain way more than is necessary or warranted. Like the overwhelming majority of human beings in the history of history would trade us governments in half a second. I feel like for every minute we spend complaining about our government, we should spend 10 minutes praising God for allowing us to live under the one we have. Paul says government does not bear the sword in vain. Here's one example of how government serves us. Government administers retribution on the wrongdoer. Government punishing people who break the laws of that government is serving God for our benefit. But Pastor Matt, our government does this so poorly. The innocent are the ones that get in trouble and the guilty go free. I see it on the news all the time. Right? I want to speak to that in two ways. First, that's mostly not true. It's overwhelmingly not true. 
the ones we hear about. It happens, don't get me wrong. But courthouses around America are full every working day of people who go to court and the guilty get punished and the not guilty don't get punished. And that's the way it happens the overwhelming majority of the time. It doesn't always feel like that because you don't watch a TV show about somebody who goes, hears the charges, pleads guilty, pays their fine, and goes on. That's what happens, like over and over and over. Uh, we're imperfect at this. But again, we're better than most places in the history of the world. Second, um, this, is a, this is a way that, that this, the government serves us that's effective in this. Let's say, I'll pick on Travis this morning. Let's say Travis steals my pickup, old blue, and he totals it. <gasps> right? Now, he gets, he gets caught for that. And is it my job to get my own retribution on Travis, seek my own vengeance? No, it's been two weeks for us, but Paul just told us in the previous paragraph, I can't seek my own vengeance on Travis. Guess whose job it is to seek that vengeance. It's God's job, and God gave that job to human government. That's why his court case will not say Matt Maxwell versus Travis Christman. It will say the state of Nebraska versus Travis Christman, because the government is God's servant to administer retribution on the wrongdoer. And listen, even if the government gets that wrong, Rulers will give an account to God on how they rule. You and I will give an account to God on how we do our role as citizens. And you know what our role is? Submit yourselves to the governing authorities. Our government being wrong does not give us license to live in the state of rebellion, fury, and anger all the time. It's unbiblical. And one more reason. Why should we be submissive to the government? Paul's going to restate his main idea and then give us one more reason. Um, verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, submission to the government, not only because of the wrath of the authorities, the fear of the punishment, here's our new reason, but also because of your conscience. You know what Paul says right there? Paul says, we're supposed to be submissive to the government, not just because it's this necessary evil, and I guess I have to do it, ah! just because it's the right thing to do. Just, if you live in this state of constant rebellion, and anger, and fury, it's going to eat away at your conscience, and you are going to convince yourself you are correct in doing rebellious, sinful things when your conscience ordinarily would tell you you're wrong. We don't hear this message much, do we? That's why I don't skip passages in the Bible. 
We don't hear this much. It's a good reminder. Like if this wasn't in, if this wasn't in the Bible right here, I don't think you and I would even know this was right. Because this is not the message we hear. Hey, let's get out there and submit ourselves to the governing authorities. You know what message we get bombarded with constantly? All of the reasons our government stinks. And oh man, here's what you'd be furious about today. Right? You know, you know here's all the corruption. Here's all the, no, it's terrible all the time. You know why that's the message we get all the time? Because it's impossible to fill a three-hour radio show with somebody saying, we're supposed to submit to the governing authorities. Let's open up the phone lines and you can call in with ideas on how we can cooperate. That's getting yanked off the air, guys. That is not gonna sell vitamins and CBD oil and all the other stuff they're peddling. It's not. You know what sells? Let me tell you why you're right to feel so angry all the time. Discontent. And let me fill you with that feeling that you're never going to be happy until the government feels and thinks the way you do. I just want to warn you of something. If that's where you're at, you are going to die in that anger and discontent. Because it ain't changing. And you do not need the government to think like you to be content. You know how I know? Because when Paul said, I've learned to be content. I've learned to get along in the circumstances that I'm in. You know where he was when he wrote that? He was in prison, chained to a Roman guard, about to be executed. You and I do not need our government to be like us. I would love it. I would love it. But folks, if, we're, if you just exist in that, in that constant, what should I be furious about now routine, you're, you're, it's, it's going to grow and grow and grow. We have, an, we have an enemy that loves to make us feel like we can't be content where we're at. Think about this. We live in America. We live in the greatest country in the history of the world. And we're so convinced we have it worse than anyone has ever had it. So Paul concludes just a couple of parting shots. He says, so that's why you're supposed to pay your taxes. I've done extensive research. You know, I do a lot of studying. And in my extensive research, I have found people don't like paying taxes. That's what I've found. Your pastor doesn't like paying them either. But Paul says, this is why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants devoted to this very thing. You know what Paul just said? The government is serving God when it collects your taxes. That's a different way to think about that, isn't it? When we put our quarterly payment in the uh, envelope, maybe we should thank God that we have the servants that we have. And again, they will answer for the decisions they make. I will answer for the decisions I make. And Paul just says, you pay everyone what is owed. Taxes to whom you owe taxes, uh, revenue or duties, or this is just any kind of toll, fee, whatever. You pay that. Um, now I will say, 
if you have taxes that are due and the rules of your government allow you to write certain things off and reduce your tax bill, that's still being submissive to the government. You're not doing anything wrong by taking advantage of that. Have I mentioned end of year giving? Um, just like we give respect to whom respect is due, honor to whom honor is due, um, we do owe respect to the men and women who hold the offices um, that are over us. All right, that's our passage. What about the exceptions? What about the loopholes to this? Paul doesn't deal with them, but I want to talk about a couple of things. that are I'm going to call them seeming exceptions because I don't think they're exceptions. But what about, Matt, what about if the authority I'm under asks that I do something that God tells me not to do, or the authority that I'm under asks me not to do something God commands me to do, what do we do then? The answer is we have to disobey and submit. I still don't think we're sideways with this passage because the passage says, submit yourselves to the governing authorities. Here's how that works, should work, should look. My boss, um, my teacher, my government, my whoever, insert your authority here, tells me to do something that God would say, that's a sin if you do that. Fudge these numbers, report this incorrectly, whatever it is. What do I do? We have biblical examples of this. The, the disciples were, after Jesus died and, and uh, ascended into heaven, they were preaching Christ the way they were commanded. The Jews arrested them, beat them up, and what did the Jews tell the disciples? You've got to stop preaching that name. What did the disciples say? We have to obey God. Sorry. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, book of Daniel. Um, king makes this giant statue. Everybody has to bow and worship this statue. And they're like, king, as Jewish people, we live under the Ten Commandments. We, we can't do this. So we disobey. But you can disobey submissively. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, hey, we can't do that, king. Now, we recognize your authority to throw us in that giant fiery furnace over there. You can do that. You know why? You're the king. And the government can punish people that break its rules. Now, I can't obey these rules. But you have the right to punish me when I don't. So, uh, boss... I know you want me to just say that I sold this much this quarter and write that in that report or whatever it is. I can't do that. But you're still the boss. So uh, let's talk about what, what has to happen next. It's disobedience, submissively. Um, which is what we've been ordered to do. Is be submissive to the governing authorities. Um, how does this work in a democracy? I do want you to hear me say this. I'm not telling you you have to agree with your governing authorities. We're not commanded that anywhere. 
Uh, and the good news for us, not only are we allowed to disagree with and criticize our government, like we're, like we're constitutionally permitted. In some ways, we're supposed to be, at times, the loyal uh, opponent, if that makes sense. Like, it's okay to disagree with our government, be vocal about it, be involved, all that stuff. You can do that, but we can do that in a way where we're not, you know, uh, just in this, again, constant state of anger and uh, overthrow and, and uh, disregard and, and all that stuff. I just want to show you that this is a really old problem. We can be involved. This is James Madison. Sorry, I used to teach government. Sometimes I have to bring it back out. This is from Federalist Paper number 51 from James Madison, Little Jimmy, the father of our Constitution. I started this quote earlier. He wrote this, if men were angels, no government would be necessary. Then on the other hand, if angels were the ones governing us, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. James Madison said, here's the problem in making up a new government. In framing the government, which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You first must enable the government to control the people. And next, you must oblige the government to control itself. That's really hard. When there's a whole bunch of people who have a whole bunch of different ideas in what the government ought to be doing. It is fine for us to still be involved in, hey, here's what I think the government should and shouldn't be allowed to do. But we can, we can do that while recognizing the control the government has over us. We've seen this so much lately because governing authorities have had the audacity to tell you in certain situations, you have to wear a mask, right? And all oh, that's unconstitutional. You can't tell me what to do. I don't know how else to tell you this. Yes, they can. They're the governing authorities. If the administration of the school says, you gotta wear a mask when you come in here. You know what? Biblically, you gotta wear a mask when you go in there. I don't know what else to tell you. Is it right? Is it smart? Is it good policy? That's on them. But whether or not we're submissive to that really is on us. Can we talk? Can we have conversations? Can we, yes. Can we be involved? Yes. But when the Christians start leading the rebellion, let me ask you, who is going to be left to obey? And we, we erode or lose our like moral authority to, to tell someone else, you have to obey laws you don't like. We lose that ground when we won't obey the laws we don't like. We should be leading in obedience to the government until we're told to do something that God says we can't do. Not just things we think are stupid. <laughs> Does that make sense? And remember, all of this is part of what a life lived as a sacrifice to God looks like. This is, this is where we're at. And ultimately, I can be content even under this government we're under. And if I believe my God is sovereign and he's got this and he put me here and he put that government there and he can make all this work together for my good, 
That's ultimately why I can obey. Does it make me soft? Does it make me weak? It makes me a living sacrifice. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for um, thank you for your word and just how many areas of our lives it touches, it speaks to. Um, thank you for the reminder that you are in sovereign control so we can obey uh, far lesser powers because a greater power has got this. God, uh, forgive us for our rebellion. Um, help us see it for what it is. God, help us know how to navigate um, being involved and criticizing our government uh, without being uh, in rebellion and in sin against Romans 13, 1 through 7. That's difficult for us. Give us grace and wisdom uh, to do that well. Uh, we love you, Lord. Thank you for um, the, the, the year you have in front of us, 2021. Um, do pray that many people would come to know you as Savior, that you would allow our church to be, to be involved in that, God. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and finish with us?